You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hey everyone, welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, and joining me as always is the lovely Kelly and Daniel. Hi guys. Hi Allie. Hi Allie. Today's car ride's worth of content is going to be about coaching ministers, why we do it and why it is necessary. But before we jump in, as always, I want to know what are you guys loving? I am loving coffee. Mm. I love coffee. I love coffee and I, I like it more now. I drink it black now, but I used to yeah. drink it with lots of light, light and sweet. I used to take it light and sweet. But then I did Whole30 and learned to like it black and I just really love it Any welcome to the dark side yes. i love it no i will no no i don't care what kind i mean we have that we have baltimore coffee and tea here at work and we drink that at home too so i think that's probably the kind i like i like duncan oh yeah duncan's that's i don't like starbucks yeah sorry sorry well i got back recently from a mission trip to haiti so I'm still in love with Haiti. Oh, that's so great. People were amazing. It's a hard experience, um, but it's so worthwhile to go down and just be with people there. That's so awesome. Yeah, the pictures were beautiful. A lot of great stories coming back from that trip. Yep. I am loving journaling. I just got back into prayer journaling. I had stopped for a little while, but I'm getting back into it and remembering how much I love it. Now, do you pages. like to go and like pick out a really pretty journal at the store? Or do you not care what book it is? I've actually, I feel like over the years I've been gifted so many journals that oh, I okay. actually have, and a lot of them have a verse on the front. So it's always in my mind, like I'm saving this Perfect. for a, mm-hmm. when I run out of pages in my other prayer journals. So I've gone through a couple, but I have one currently, so I'm doing okay. All right. So today we're going to be talking about coaching ministers and having coaches for them and why it is so important for your leaders in your ministry. Yeah, we always want to be improving and we need outside eyes to help us with that. Um, we can go out and practice things on our own, to not just ministry, but other things in our life. You can go out and practice a sport or practice a musical instrument or whatever it is. I found this to be true in my life with the piano. I took piano lessons for two years with somebody who was coaching me every week. And then as soon as I lost the coach, I lost the piano. <laughs> so you need coaches to um, continue to help you grow. Olympic athletes have them. Professional athletes have them. And we think it's really powerful to have people who can coach you along in your ministry life as well. Um, so we say once your program grows to the point of having 20, 25 small group leaders, you really need some coaches. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's difficult for you as the youth minister to coach more than I mean really to coach more than like five or six people but you can do it for a little while we did it for a long time with with more than that but uh yeah once you get to that point you need a couple of coaches that can focus on a group of five or six small group leaders yeah and we've got a couple different versions here at nativity of what that coaching looks like what that role specifically is yeah so we have one we have one type of coach that we call a 30-day coach and this is the person that kind of is involved in recruiting and inviting people into the ministry um this person is also her name is carol and she's amazing so i'm going to call her carol now (laughs) carol will um, help us recruit and then once people show an interest in ministry then she will take them from I'm showing an interest. I'm interested in being in student ministry through 30 days of serving. 
And what that involves is um, getting cleared for for serving and going through all the archdiocese training. And she helps them with all that. Then she gets them set up on um, some of the software that we use to communicate scheduling and our content that uh, ministers will use. And and then Carol walks with them through those first 30 days, kind of um, all the logistics, like where to park and what time do I need to arrive and how many students are going to be in my group and who is my co-leader. And she kind of introduces all of that um, to the new ministers. And so um, Carol will end up being really close to a lot of the ministers and stay in touch with them through the years. And people always come to her for questions. And so she's a really really important part of the ministry. She doesn't necessarily coach them um, in small group. That's a different kind of coach, which we'll get to in a minute, but she coaches them through those first 30 days. And we believe that um, ministers are most vulnerable in those first 30 days. I can remember the first time I served actually here. So I'll share a failure for a second. The first time I served here in student ministry, I came, I showed up on time, the time I was supposed to be here. And for whatever reason, I don't think, I never did talk to Carol. So Carol didn't know about me. So this wasn't Carol's fault at all. And I showed up and I sort of, I'm not a great mingler with people I don't know. I didn't know anyone, okay, except for the youth minister. I was volunteering and I knew him, but he was busy. So I show up and I'm just kind of trying to mingle a little bit. Like I'm not terrible with teenagers. I was a teacher. So, but I really just felt anonymous the whole time. And then I never went back. And so that was my first try at um, at being a minister. And, and I was working here. I was volunteering here. I was writing content. But I did not go back for several years to program. I was just writing the content and not leading a group. So your ministers are very vulnerable those first 30 days. They need to feel like they belong. They need to mm-hmm. feel like they're making a difference. They need to feel, feel valued. And your 30-day coach can be someone who can do that. Thank goodness you gave it a second chance. <laughs> I know, right? Most ministers don't, though, which is why those 30 days are so important. Do you know why I gave it a second chance? Why? Because my oldest kid was entering sixth grade, and mm-hmm. so I decided to lead a small group of girls so I could stay in the know. And all the girls were friends with him. So I'm still with those girls. They're juniors in high school this year. Wow. And I find a lot of things out. So s- six years? Yeah. With them? Wow. Yep. Good stuff. So it starts with a 30-day coach, and then we go to a development coach after that. And we're just learning how to do this. I think Mm -hmm. probably there's some churches that do this a little bit better than we do, but this is kind of where we are in the process of learning how to use coaches. And the development coach, um, they're basically leading a small group of small group leaders. So our goal with them is that they can really invest relationally in these Um, maybe six, eight, 10 small group leaders, and as much as possible, um, have a relationship with each one of them. That person who's leading a small group would know that this coach is there whenever they have questions or need support, they have trouble with um, discipline, or they just can't get a conversation going. Those are the sorts of things that we really want the coaches to get in and help with. But it is challenging. We just did this for the first time this past year, and we had coaches, um, but it, it, it was new, and, and the role wasn't really well-defined. And so they were in rooms some of the time with small groups, but some of the time um, they weren't quite sure whether they were supposed to take the initiative. And it's hard to know that if you should really just step in and 
do something because it sort of feels and the feedback we got was from small group leaders it kind of feels like you're getting in trouble right mm-hmm. it feels like why are they in here did somebody tell them something about me did one of the girls say they hate my group or whatever yeah mm-hmm. it feels like you're in trouble and you're, yep, you're I mean you're being evaluated but it's only to help it's only to help you and most of it is encouragement first time around anyway and one of the things that we said at the beginning of the year, I don't know if you guys, did you ever get a coach in your room? No. That was the first thing that I said just to kind of open it up is I want the coach to come in my yeah. room and coach me first. Yeah, yeah, that's Because I was leading a small group this mm-hmm. year. Um, so if you have that opportunity, that's a good way to just say, look, it's not to get you in trouble. Um, but if you're the youth minister or you're somebody that's kind of in leadership, it's to have the humility to say, look, I can get better too. It just helps to have another set of eyes that can look on the situation objectively and give you some feedback. Right. I think it's probably important to communicate that up front, just over communicate it. We mm-hmm. have coaches and they're here to help you and they're going to be and they're going to come into your room and and, you know, evaluate like the culture of your group and it's going to be great. So I think that's most important. And it's so similar to how we say small group should be when you first meet your group of kids, you want to develop a relationship with them. And it is a coach leading a small group of small group leaders. So when you establish that relationship first, get friendly with them, meet them, explain what your role is, what you're going right. to be doing. When you walk into that room, that sense of nervousness they and I'm in trouble yeah. exactly is gone. Yeah. So after last year, that was one of the lessons that we learned was we didn't really establish those relationships from the beginning of the year. It was kind of like, here's your small group coaches. And then we moved on to the next thing. Right. We just kind of introduced them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be really intentional about that at the beginning of this year. One of our goals is to get them in every room and with every small group leader that they're going to be helping to coach in the first week or two. Um, I think they should be able to get around at least the first week and at least say hi in every room just so that they're a familiar face. Um, And then beyond that, that's when they can kind of start the coaching process. And it's, again, things like how do you, for girls, it tends to be how do you lead a conversation? And for boys, it tends to be how do you manage the group? Mm -hmm. Um, And with boys, a lot of times, whether it's high school or middle school even, you just tend to want to be able to manage them a little bit more because if you can manage them they'll probably end up talking um the girls it can be drawing it out of them a little bit more they might get surface answers and yeah Yeah. but they're easier to manage yeah well they're just not yeah they're not physically going crazy (laughs) (laughs) maybe when they're younger (laughs) kelly likes to tell the story of her girls climbing under the oh yeah kids tables and pretending to be turtles in this very room that we're sitting in actually (laughs) this is my small group room so what are some of the best practices for coaching that we've developed, Kelly? Well, I, I think this past year we had these coaches in place to help, like to answer questions. But I think best practices going forward that, um, that we want to make sure to implement is that the coaching is happening all year long, that the coaches are visible, they have a relationship, they make a commitment for the whole year, and um and they're in those rooms and they were sort of like available this past year but not in there like you said and so we really want them to be in the rooms on a regular basis throughout the whole year uh the other thing that we really want them to be doing is um checking in with a certain number of ministers each week really if you if you're a coach and you have 
10 people that you're coaching, we'd really love for our coaches to huddle with them right before program. And so they have face-to-face with all 10, but maybe choosing two or three that they know are struggling to really connect with them individually. So that's, that's another best practice that we want to make sure we put into place. Um, the next one we is emails, but I hate emails. You talk about that one. Oh, I love emails so much. <laughs> I don't think anybody loves emails. I know. Yeah. So we, we went from sending more emails, kind of the quantity, um, to trying to send more quality emails and yeah. less and shorter. Um, so we send one for every series out to all of our ministers and we call it the student ministers minute. And then we have a student ministry minute that we send to all of the teens and parents. But the student ministers minute, um, well, really both of them, they're meant to be, it should take you no more than a minute to read. It's 150 words or less, which is challenging. It is challenging. But at the same time, it's a good practice because they, you just tell them what they need to know. And they don't read more than that. Right. Exactly. That's the limit. Yeah. That might even be too much. Maybe we should be. do like 20 words. <laughs> <laughs> Student ministry second. We have more to say than that. <laughs> yeah. So we try to, but, but it still can be a useful tool. I mean, we don't want to throw all emails out the window. Yeah. We just want to do it more effectively. We still have like 75% of our ministers are reading the emails based on oh, the MailChimp. That's, that's pretty that's good. Awesome. Really good. And um, the last thing is just regular encouragement and communication with our ministers. Um, so we can do that through text messages. Kelly was looking at our calendar from this past year and she realized how often she was sitting down with ministers, like one or two a week, maybe, Yeah. or calling them or yeah. just investing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in them. And that can be the role of the coaches as well. If they're the ones that have the relationships with them, your, your ministry team, if it continues to grow, is going to get to the point where you just can't invest in every single one of your ministers, but yeah. your coaches can help you with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a text is, or a phone call is so much more personal than email too. We get so many emails yeah. a day that I feel like a lot of times we zone them out, but mm-hmm. it's great. So we, as Daniel said, we are just getting started kind of learning the process of coaches for us and developing it a little bit more. And it was a learning process throughout this last year. We didn't do it perfect, but we're going to keep working on it. But we did even within that see a couple wins with our new coaching process. So what was that win? What did that look like this year? So uh, one of our small group leaders, her name is Amy, and she it was her uh, second year in small group, but her group had just split. So she had um, a new co-leader, and one of our coaches, Marianne, went in to observe her. And Amy was definitely hesitant at first. She definitely thought she was in trouble. She just <laughs> revealed that to us a couple weeks ago at a meeting um, that we were having. Um, and so, but then Marianne uh, gave feedback in such a great, effective way. She sent her, we give feedback through email first and then check in face-to-face. So Marianne sent her an email, and this is a little bit longer of an email, but it's personal. It's to Amy and it says, here are all the things that are so great about your group. Here are all the things that you are doing so well. And here are a couple of things, maybe one or two things that you could work on. Um, And so, and she gave Amy a couple of tools to work on those things. And so Amy started to um, write down prayer requests on cards at the beginning of group. And then um, at the end, everybody would take one of those cards to pray for for someone as small group ended. She also started 
writing down the questions, the small group questions on cards, and the girls would pick a question and read the questions. So they were much more engaged in small group rather than Amy just asking the questions and them answering. So that was a huge win for our coaching, um, but it did start out a little difficult. And one more thing about that too that I think is notable, when Marianne sent those emails, she didn't get any feedback from Amy. So she was thinking, I oh, yeah. failed. I, I mm-hmm. don't know what I'm doing. Did this I not word it right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, is Amy upset? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you may not get immediate gratification, but it did make an impact. And here all these month, months later, in the meeting we just had a couple of weeks ago, we just found out that it had made an impact on Amy and it made an impact on our group too. Yeah. So coaching doesn't always have immediate gratification yeah. for the Very coaches. True. It's awesome stuff. Well, thank you all so much for joining us on Uprising. We love you guys very much. Join us next time and we'll be talking about the importance of prioritizing your own faith as a leader.